Good morning, Nikki. Morning, Ben. Good to be here. Yeah, pleasure having you. So let me give a quick introduction about who you are. So um, you are a coach with more than 14 years of experience of mindfulness, and you help basically individuals and businesses alike to build and nurture high-performing teams, um, to lead with confidence and, and high energy. It's all about creating that positive energy to drive things in the right direction, right? So um, today's, so we're going to talk about many things. I'm so excited about that. But we, we're going to touch upon sleep and how that's important, mindfulness, your experience, uh, spending time in a meditation center and all of the lesson learns that you gather from there. We're going to touch upon focus. Um, I, I need to learn a lot about that specifically. So I'm really happy to have you here. And then what keeps Nikki the person going, right? We're going to talk about goals. I liked your video that you made about how you set your goals and how you tracked them and your diary that you shared in the video. That's really fantastic. So we're going to learn about that. And last but not least, about cooking. Mm-hmm. Yes, I shared interest. So, um, Nikki, so let's talk about... Yeah, exactly, right? I'm really thrilled to have you, Nikki. So thanks a lot for being with me today. So... Um, Let's talk about sleep on how important it is. Um, how this is the question is like how could anyone practice good sleep? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and first I want to say Ben, thank you for doing this today. I you mentioned earlier before the session, but also I've with my clients I've noticed many people at the moment might have relaxed on so difficulty and continue the day day to day activities, and I think it's so important that we continue doing them so thank you for sticking to the doing the podcast and yes about sleep i guess that how would i say i i would want to go into areas of sleep that are not so much covered because there are all the things of course of don't drink coffee and so on but i'm assuming that your audience knows the basic things and one of the one of the things that i that i've experienced myself earlier and then realizing as i studied the brain is that well, we know why sleep is it, that sleep is important, but why exactly? And we can think about it like this, is that through the day we have experiences and we deal with things. And if when we go to sleep, it's kind of like what we, when we are sleeping well, amazing things happen. We are basically delegating to our mind, to our brain, that look, clean up these things, organize these things, and then we can wake up with excitement and clear mind, no heaviness, no fog, and it's easy to focus. And what's the opposite of that is that we wake up and all the stuff from yesterday, the residue from yesterday is still hanging around there. And then it's like we, are, we have to work through this fog that we carried from yesterday. And we probably don't want to do that. And I don't want to go into, let's say, physical or nutritional aspects of sleep because those are so easy to, easily available. What I would want to go, if we talk about sleep, is to understand that that one of the main things why we don't sleep well is that we are, we don't know what we are doing in life in general. We don't know what we are doing tomorrow, and it might sound like, what, what do you mean, Nikki? why do people what do what's happening when people are can't sleep it's like there's this loop of thoughts and fears worries going on in the mind 
and those are though it's not sometimes say oh i have this negative self-talk going on in the mind but it's rather that part of our mind hasn't been clearly informed what are we doing tomorrow why are we doing it what about this problem and if we are trying to avoid them rationalize them then this loop keeps going because you can imagine that if you are serving somebody and you know that there are important things to be done and there's some difficulties to be handled if you like that person you want to bring that to their attention our brain works in the similar way so i would say one of the main things and then you can ask more details if you want i I could go into many directions is that that we actually do know very clearly what am i doing tomorrow why am i doing why am i doing it what what i'll be what what will i be solving like if we have those answers we'll sleep well even during high in like, times when things are very intense even during times when we have might have a lot of fear going on we can sleep well and then as a final thing then we don't de-escalate into this spiral of bad sleeps more stress more stress less sleep and then we can spiral downwards um, so nikki so i some time ago i think like four years ago probably i went to um kind of online course um, to find out like how to sleep uh, better, so for myself basically, and it in my case wasn't coffee, so I could drink a cup of coffee and could fall asleep. Um, but in my case, that those thoughts. So you were spot on, and one of the trick the online course gave me is that I have to write those thoughts on a, on a piece of paper. So, for example. If I have uh, some things I have to do tomorrow, I just write them down, empty my head, right? Um, or I am worrying about something, just write it down. And it's it, it's it's as simple as it sounds. It's crazy how it helped me. Crazy. It just, as you say, just reset, put a blank page for tomorrow and sleep. That's it. Exactly. And that's, a, I like to use like metaphors or stories or, because it's more easy to understand. It's, it's, relate to that story about if we think that our brain is a servant and the servant is like knock 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 ben nikki like there's this news you should check knock 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 there's this news you should check and what we are doing when we are writing it down is like check acknowledged and the servant can go okay now we know it and also then it's no longer exactly then it's not rolling in our minds and we now we are aware of the thing that we need to be aware of Exactly, exactly. Okay. Um, mindfulness, um, breathing exercise. You talk a lot about that in your video, short videos you do in the morning and then you post and link it in as well. So, and especially in nowadays, we're living really through a challenging times. Like how to overcome the anxiety of a tough day? Yes. Let's, we can look at it from few different levels how to deal with it and i think that first we can look at it how to not deal with it because what does what does our mind what do we usually do when we have anxiety or something difficult in our mind is that we let's say oh the war might well not very nice example the war might be coming and how do and how do people usually try to deal with it is that maybe it's not coming Oh, it is coming. Like we are looking for clues and confirmations about it. Or we are, ex- or we are creating this image. Of course, it's not going to happen. It can't happen. 
basically we are trying to talk the fear down and why would we do that? We, we are doing it because we think we can't handle it. So if I can't handle it, I need to get rid of it. And that will never work. Because where is the fear? Well, it is in my field of experience. And if I start trying to get rid of it, I'm just feeding that more of that feeling into my mind. And so what, what to do with it? Well, the first, whatever it is that we do, whatever is our way, but have enough mental stop stability to just allow ourselves to experience it in some level. Okay, I'm afraid. I have this feeling. All right, I'm going to breathe. Why breathing is so good is because then the mind, instead of running after all this confusion, the mind returns back where it can anchor itself. Breathing, and breathing is really good from the perspective of you cannot make many ideas or concepts about breathing means that you don't develop too much uh, again more stuff you're actually simply breathing and breathing and then your mind your mental consciousness comes back to the body and it is in the body where we can remain rooted we can re remain stable all of us have to, when we are really convinced and we are very calm we, are, we feel our body and so that's the first level. And of course, on the level of um, our neurology is that when we do something consciously, it can be, you know, it, this might sound stupid, but when we are anxious, we might do even something like start singing a song or we start, might say, st whatever it is that gets us out of the habitual pattern of thinking makes us conscious. And when we are conscious, breathing, consciously talking, our parasympathetic nervous system kicks in and the autonomous nervous system responsible for stress reaction shuts off. So that's already, and then, so that's the first level. Okay, now, okay, I might be having fear, but I'm not confused about it. I'm not running after it. And then, well, I will not, maybe it will not, I will not go further than that, but then it opens up our possibility to understand how our mind functions and even opens up the possibility of turning fear into strength, which is not a myth. It's not a nice idea. It's really possible to do that. So I'd leave it at that at, at first, like what not to do, not getting tangled in it. Breathing is a good, not just because of breathing, but because it anchors us into something else. It's so interesting. Um, I've, you know, I'm thinking what you're saying right now is about how you could flip that burst of energy, which is in the scenarios and anxieties, it's kind of negative to turn it to a positive. Now I do remember, um, I, yeah, I was, I was playing, a, a, you know, Taekwondo and one of my colleagues who was playing Taekwondo was also playing Judo. And the principle of that sport is how you can turn the energy of the attacker to your side or to your purpose, or you use it basically against the, the attacker. And I think in that metaphor, it goes exactly the same as in anxiety. An anxiety could be bad and it could be good, but how we react to it is actually what matters, right? And Chudo is a really good example, or like we can understand the principle through it. And then of course, it's a bit more difficult when it is actually us experiencing this strike or spike of fear that we 
all of a sudden experience my stomach and it's paralyzes our breathing and scatters our thinking to become very muddy. And that, well, if that is what happens to us, it means that we weren't aware that it was the process had already started. It's that we become aware of that there's a feeling, which I would say that there's a difference between feeling and emotion. So we feel the fear in the stomach, that's, and then the brain interprets it and, and so on. And it's completely counterintuitive that when, the, when we get angry, for example, is to simply be and breathe into the anger. It's just, okay, welcome. And we are not even trying to accept it. We are not trying to turn it into anything. And we will have an experience, like a concrete experience in our body, that the irritation that comes from anger, the desire to burst something out, the desire to push something out of our awareness, really turns into this massive clarity. Because in all disturbances, there is, let's use the word wisdom inside it. Because if we think of anger, what do we do when we are angry? Let's say we are having an argument with our partner. When we are angry, we are really good at hurting others. Why? It's because we have we become so clear on what are the buttons to push. We become so sharp-minded that we see exactly what are the buttons to push. And also we feel very confident that we are right and, and very very energetic. Nobody ever fell asleep when they were angry. And here we can see that, okay, what if, what if the, what if my need to protect myself, of course we want to protect ourselves, but what if my need to preserve some part of my ego, what if my need to get rid of this feeling through anger wasn't there? How might I, how might I then experience the feeling? And then the anger turns into clarity, confidence, and even ability to bring, and very quick one on, on that, why it's so important to not get rid of the feelings, is that I'm 99% of the time when I have client who has difficulty of saying no or having boundaries, 99% of the time, they are very proud that they never get angry. But the reality is that actually they are just not allowing them to have that feeling of anger and anger is needed when it's used well no anger no boundaries either that makes sense nikki so um actually what's got my attention when i was checking your profile and few of your work that you publish in there you've lived a period of time in in a, a buddhist meditation center and I know I have friends who did it, but for many, many different reasons, like each one of them got it for either they've got problems, they got to go there or one guy had a problem with addictions also went there. So, um, uh, another person actually was too rich and he kind of was living in kind of paranoia things. So. And not, I'm sure that wasn't any of the reasons, but I'm curious, like, what's the, why you did that? And then what's the, what's the key things that you've learned there and changed your life forever? Great. Why did I go there? What were the key things? And I went there 
like let's say the negative now I mean in, in positive way negative motivation was I truly wanted to answer this question what are we beyond that that was one of the things but mainly I was interested like how on earth is it possible that there that anything exists and how is it possible that there is these beings that are aware of their own existence and one of the things that I was already as teenager wondering is that how can we know so much about outer world but like why aren't we talking how do we function internally why aren't we looking into that more what is awareness and I and as I started reading Buddhism I was okay seems like these guys are looking into that and so I went there because I truly felt believed and wanted to find out not only who are we, but what are we? What is this consciousness? How do we truly function? Is there something in us that is beyond? And I would say I gained an experience beyond and beyond like knowledge there. And I think the main key things that I learned, key things that really changed my life there was the kind of what I already, already said is that we know so much about the outer world. We even know how a certain insect can survive winter. But what about our thoughts, our emotions? How do they function? But even more, actually, what is this thing that is aware? And realizing there, which let's, I will, don't want to go too much into spiritual, but let's connect that with focus, is that so many modern people, especially Westerners, because of our school, because of our education system, we think that concentration is same as focus. That concentration uses willpower and it condenses the mind into something. While actually focus is something that is very open and it feels amazingly good. Everybody, all of us have been in the flow state. And then we could say, what if that is, uh, what is, what if that is actually our norm, natural experience? What if we actually could experience life in a flow state? Why not? Is it is it that we need to do something about it, or is it that we need to get rid of something? Like, why aren't we then experiencing things in that way? And I'll just say, this is the key thing that that I almost in everything that I do that I pay attention, I pay attention. There's four reasons why we are not, let's say, experiencing life easily from the flow state. And the first reason, let's say, for, I'll, I'll say the reason and the solution, first reason is that if we don't have deep vision for life, who am I, who can I be, who do I want to be, what do I want to contribute, what are human beings, what is, what is death, if we don't have clear answers to those questions, then we can't really rely on anything permanent we we don't have a we don't have answers that would give us actually some reason that we could truly relax in ourselves and then instead we constantly look for that stability peace fulfillment from outside but it's not there's nothing wrong with outside but that means that's one of the reasons we can't relax second thing is that if we do let's keep it maybe on the ground level in the sense that even a normal person does a lot of things that are not good for themselves or others. So let's say 
we promise something to ourselves, we don't do it. We manipulate the truth maybe a bit. We judge other people. We think others are idiots. All kinds of things. And I'm not. this is not a moral statement. That leaves an imprint to our mind that something is wrong. And if we have this deep sense that something is wrong, then when we relax, we are meeting that feeling. So it's very difficult to relax if our, if our mind is full of these negative imprints. And then the third thing is that if we don't have enough positive imprints, we do something for others, we rely on ourselves, we are disciplined, we do things that are meaningful, we recognize the greatness of other people, things like that, then it's again more difficult to relax into ourselves. And this relaxation is not passive. It's full-on energetic clear state. And the fourth, let's say, thing that affects why it's difficult to relax into this flow state, which is definitely useful at work also, is that, and it relates to the question we had about anxiety, is that if we if we fight all if we always try to fight against our disturbances, it means that we lack trust that there is something in us that is bigger than the disturbances. And all these four things create this mentality or mindset or a belief that the solution is always somewhere else than in me. And if that is the case, we are like a person who imagine that there's a person who lives in a home and the roof roof is leaking, there's no food, everything is dirty, it's cold, and then instant gratification knocks on the door. Hey, I'd have something nice for you. Don't stay here in the home. Come with me. Of course we'll go. Then we go out of our focus. But if we live in a house where it's beautiful, there's nice people, there's, mm, it's beautifully decorated, there's enough food, meaning that our mind is fulfilled and stable, then it doesn't matter if it's instant gratification or some fear comes knocking on the door because our house is such a, so much better place to be in. So I would say that's the key thing is that we do have the capacity to... We have naturally the ability to be fully in the flow. That's amazing. Okay, thanks a lot. Um... I've, you know, my next question is about, you talked about seven point focus. Um, but since you talked about, you know, a little bit earlier on concentration, is there is at the mindset or like the physical, um, how you call it, um, shape of our, our, who I, who we are, is there's a difference between focus and concentration before you go to the seven point of focus? Yes, yes, I would say focus can be, oh, focus can be, what would I say, it's, it's like a laser that that can penetrate every direction and it doesn't need to, how would I say, it can just be, it doesn't need to be forced, we don't need to force ourselves to be aware. And concentration, which is aspect of the focus, but concentration is more like, it's, Let's focus on this and let's keep the distractions away. With concentration, use a lot of willpower. And if we need to use willpower to be present, that well, it's a bit of a scarce uh, resource, willpower. And the second thing is that 
wouldn't be better to truly want to be in the present rather than try to force ourselves to be present. In some way, if our approach to focus is that I will keep I will keep distractions away and only focus on that, it's already a little bit of lost game because well, you know it from your experience. All of everybody who's listening, when you are really in the fo- moment, do you have a lot of distractions in your mind? Highly likely not. When you are really in the moment, conversation, playing sports, doing something amazing at work, doing something we consider meaningful, do distractions even appear in our mind? And no, because we feel so energetic and the moment feels so meaningful. And that's why I often kind of teach or work with my clients on not to rely too much on concentration but I'm not saying concentration is bad I'm just saying it's useful for some things but it's not really the long term the long term game um, you've got amazing energy in Nike so I know that you do a, a morning run along with you know short videos and meditation as well. So I'm I'm curious, like, what keeps you going? Like Nikki, the person, not the coach. Yes, and that and the Nikki, the person, is probably who I more feel to be than the coach. The coach is not pretension, but it's, it, it is still a. It's not a role, but it's ex, one expression of of me. And what keeps me going is, if you would have asked me that question. Some years ago, I would explain a lot about my why, about what I truly believe to be the best thing, for, what I believe to be the best thing for the world and that I can contribute is to, is to support individuals to be clear-minded, who trust themselves, who, who want to bring something to the world and they bring their best gifts to the world. And that inspires me to do the things that I'm doing. But I have really recently come to this what would I say, experience or realization that, and it has to do a little bit what I said earlier, this, when we are in the flow state, we are not really asking much questions from ourselves. And when we become so familiar with this inner inner experience of energy or joy or compassion or whatever it is, it seems that we it's become so easy to be in the present situation and the mind naturally looks for what it can do and that feels good. And so there's, I would say that what drives me, but I never expressed it in this way, what drives me is the very life, the feeling of that there's something to be given and experience and curiosity. Um, I no longer have the, I do have a why, we could say, but I no longer have it as, that that's the thing that I need to constantly remind myself. But at the same time, I'm saying something a bit paradoxical because for past four or five years, I invested a lot of time writing about my why and every day visualizing it. How will I live my why tomorrow? So maybe I become so close with it that I don't need to remind myself about it. But I definitely, I'm not saying at all to skip the process of discovering our why and keeping it alive in us. The simple would be like, who am I serving? 
why what is important why am i doing this how can i express it and i do want to bring one point here because you mentioned the person is that obviously i i have flaws and 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 i'm not what i join a lot more in life beyond being coach is being equal peers with people and learning with them having experience with people i I actually, it bothers me when people have this idea about me that, for for example, what I mentioned on today's video, the what friend was saying, it's happened so often, it must be easy when you are not afraid at all. But I am experienced, I experience fear, but it's not a problem. And that's one of the things, when my grandmother died, of course I was crying because and why i'm saying this is that people often easily have this idea oh you meditated so long that you don't have any negative emotion but what, how would sadness and fear be negative fear is pretty useful to have sadness would i not want to cry when my grandmother dies would i not want to be touched when other human beings do something great to each other and the, i think it's because some people might have this idea that to have stable mind it means that you have gotten rid of everything that disturbs you but i don't how would that work because the disturbances also kind of guide us i love that nikki and i think you know might might take away from what you said is if you understand who you are in life and what purpose you're serving um and then work in that that north star will become bigger and, and clearer to guide you every day and help you out filter the noise and destructions and it's a and it's a fact that as a human, we as a human, no one is perfect. We've got our ups and downs moments. But what differentiate between an individual and another, how you could turn out, what, uh, how clear your direction is. And your ability to, you know, keep on track and try to get the best of every situation you've got, whether that's a good or bad just that self-satisfaction that self-fulfillment like having a purpose of whatever you do if there's if that's missing and then you kind of person running everywhere right it's like training in the wrong way like you if you go to the gym and you don't know how to do the movement of the muscles right you might at, at, at best you will have some muscle growing but will you have a weird shape in your body because your muscle didn't grow there's no sinks in your exercise or even worse, you might end in a hospital with, with muscle injuries, right? It's the same things, I think, if you didn't know how to funnel your energy. Um, okay, so um, I started, um, um, I'm guilty. I'm guilty not um, knowing how to set up goals. And the first time I've done that, it was 2019. Actually, COVID when came in, um, hit me hard. Okay, so the... It hit me hard in a way, but I knew how to use it. So I start sitting down. I think give me a, is, is 
it's fortunate and unfortunate. Unfortunate because it's a pandemic. Fortunate because it gives me a space to reflect and think about wh wh who I am, what I want to do, and what purpose I serve in life. And then that lead me into starting, you know, writing goals. And it, it took to the next level. Actually, I start publishing these goals because I want to create accountability for myself. It's like I'm committed to these goals. And not necessarily that I'm putting pressure on myself. No, absolutely not. Just I want to say those are my goals, people around me. Help me out, you know, to achieve them. That's the purpose. And it helped me a lot. I mean, the podcast is one of these things. Career, I made a huge steps forward in two years versus 10 years. And I was seeing your video that you did that Christmas time, I think, because I can see the Christmas decorations behind you and you opened your diary. Those are my goals. And this is how the notes, how you progress in every day. So tell me a bit about that, Nikki. I'll connect it with your really good analogy about North Star. We could say that the North Star guides us and illuminates the way. And then what goals do is they're basically kind of, okay, that's the North Star. Then as I'm looking at the map, I know I'll be in the right direction if I if we get to there. And then I know that it's the right direction if we get there. So I feel like goals are almost like the targets in targets that we put there so that they direct our movement even even more. And the mistake that people often make is like people so many people like many people have goals that are not their goals. And that's one of the one of the reasons for procrastination, for example, because I meet a lot of my clients and they bring their goals and I ask, why is this important to you? Um, I don't know. And so that's about goals is, is okay, if, if this is who I want to be, sir, if this is who I want to become, if these are the qualities I want to express, if this is what is important to me, then how would I express it? And if I express it, what are some of the results that would prove to me that it's working practically? And I would say those are the goals. The goals are kind of the, they are in some level, the focus point milestones and, and um, prove that the vision is actually coming into fruition. And it's, and uh, what else would I, one question that I often ask my clients is that now that we set those goals, how much were they in your mind during the two weeks? And if they aren't at all in the mind, then maybe they are not clear enough for you or, or maybe they are not important to you. And those are the final like point of this. There's two, I think, two aspects to goals and two, if we condense it, there's two aspects to us. There's the motivation and energy, which is who am I serving? what is important, why is it important, what is meaningful, what, I what do I really like to do, those things give us energy. But energy without movement, well, that's frustration. <laughs> and then, then there's the question of how will I express it, how will I gain these things, what exactly will I do, when will I do it, and what are the results. Those are the things that give us clarity. And when we have both of those, then we have movement towards the right direction. So goals are in some way really built around asking ourselves a lot of questions. What is important to us? And, and okay, this is the final thing about goals. You might have noticed that I speak a lot in how would I express these things in the world? 
if I already had these qualities, what would I do? Because it's a lot better approach than what do I need to achieve in order to be something. Because that's it's, the assumption there is that I don't have all some of the things. But even better is, of course, to keep them both because it's you know it from your own experience, Ben, or anybody who's watching this, that you might think and have confidence that I'm good at doing podcasts. And then you do a podcast and you notice that you did something well and something you want to do better. Yeah, fantastic. And yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and you know, Nicky, one, one, one last comment in this one. You know, people ask me actually, uh, when I, I did a post in the beginning of the year, asked me, it's like, okay, those are your goals, Ben. It's like, and they were asking, it's like, how, how long do you spend finding them out? And my answer was shocking to them. I said, not more than one hour. I actually didn't spend time on it because to me, a goal, you would have known your goal. Like if somebody asked you, it's like, okay, what's your goal? Blah, 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 blah. Right. And then, okay, what I spend time on it is thinking is, okay, how to shape that. And, you know, kind of start building the roads or like, it's not even the roads, build, building that foundation to the roads, like putting, you know, the stones, putting the sands and then in the trucks and all of these things happens. Thing exactly. Then when you do a podcast and get better at it, it feeds your identity that, yes, I am good at it. So, of course, it works both ways. The results feed into the identity. The identity feeds into the results. End of monologue. Okay, what well, well, last things, um, and I know that you told me an interesting fact, but you, you feel free to mention it. So you, one of your posts, um, you talked about cooking and how that's um, create a space for you to kind of channel your energies from the brain to the muscle. We talked about it and, you know, offline as well. And what is <laughs> very funny because that's what exactly what, what I'm passionate at. When I reach a level of a very high focus or like I'm really having not good energy. The first thing I do is just go to the kitchen. I just start cooking and I don't measure anything. What I do, there's no, I'm not following recipes. I'm not using any apps, nothing. And I don't even taste the food. It's just on my, and I measures, I do a meal and, and that's helped me. And even it, I it reached a, a, a level, an extreme level of satisfaction when the meals comes good. So I eat it and, you know, if I've got friends around, I invite them or, you know, my wife and my son. So it feels just super good. But tell me about the experience, actually. Very, very similar. And exactly. Both of you and me probably do a lot of work. We talk, we think, we figure things out and we are engaged in that way. So then we we cook, use our hands, we stand there, we chop and put spices and so on. And the experience is, I would say, creative experience. And one where I don't, there's no thinking going on, no need to figure things out. Very much similar with intuition, okay? And, and that is also very interesting what happens in the process of cooking because we humans have this amazing capacity that we do something and we intuitively know what to do a bit better. That's really cool, actually, what happens a lot in cooking. Even though I don't know how do you manage to cook without tasting, but that's why I said that's master level. And and I I think also in the background, I think in the in the background there is that, well, obviously, 
it is connected with something cozy, it's connected with our survival, I mean, now in very positive way, not in the way that, oh, terrible, will I survive? Mm. So there's very fundamental things probably involved, that we are cooking a meal for others. I'm sure that plays an aspect to it. It's very, it's such a concrete thing to do, like cooking meal for somebody else. I would say creativity is probably the main feeling that I have. And I really like that you asked the, asked the question, because it is, it's really important, not only it's fun, but it is important to me to cook because it's a way for me to, after work to not calm down from the stress, but bring some balance to things. Not everything needs to be speaking, thinking, and so on. So Nick, Nick is like, okay, um, one last thing about you. So for people, for the listeners, um, what's the where they can of course find you if uh, you have any uh, um, upcoming class or you know um, uh, courses online and, and all of that so thank you Ben so easiest way to find me is on LinkedIn that's where I'm active I produce their content especially around let's say mindfulness balanced life and high performance if I would put it in that way and uh, every Thursday I have live session where we talk about the, what I call energized mindfulness, which is my flagship, let's say, course that I do for groups and started doing it for individuals. And also every Monday I offer free of cost, a very short meditation and introduction to it 52 times a year every Monday because I want that people who maybe cannot offer Codes or cannot do the course can still start every Monday with clarity and energy for their week. And then, if people want to work with me, it's quite simple to get in touch with me. I have different programs, and always the first conversation is no, there's no obligation, no money involved. Because when it comes to coaching, obviously, the person wants and should know who they're hiring if they're going to hire. So Good place to start with me is at LinkedIn and find out what might resonate with you there. Perfect. Um, Nikki, so I'll add all of your details and thank you uh, to be with me giving the time for today's session. Yeah. So thank you, Ben, very much. Really good questions. I like how you reflected on a spot and it brought things out of me that wouldn't have come out without your questions. So thank you for that and for listening and for presence. <laughs>